0: You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less, or sometimes more like this episode. Here's
1: today's question.
0: How do I even get started reading the Bible? And I think that's a great question that a lot of people are wondering.
1: (laughs) And it's a new year. And how many times have you started a Bible reading program that you finished
0: Oh, that I finished? I was like, let's see, I'm 36, so I probably started at 30, 30, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. I remember... I finished a lot. (laughs) She said proudly.
1: I remember Robert Murray McShane's, back when I was in college, it was printed on this green paper that was like eight and a half by 17, folded over in like a thin envelope size. And like the font was like six point font. (laughs) And you had check... The yeah. line. Oh, yeah. And there was an Old Testament reading uh-huh. and then a New Testament reading. And the cool thing about McShane's plan was you went through the Old Testament once, the New Testament, and Psalms twice. Oh, that is cool. During a year. Now, it took me it's in a lot. those days about 45 minutes I believe it. a day. Yeah. One year, I said, <laughs> my friend Charlie Boyd, I'll tell you first of all. One year, I said, I'm going to read through the Bible because Bob Tolson read through the Bible every month. Wow. Every month. So I thought, well, I can't. What do you think
0: that that. is? Three hours a day? Uh, Four hours a a day? For a fast
1: reader? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what I said was, okay, I'm going to do it in three months. Yeah. And I broke it down. I put it on a four by six card and I about killed myself. (laughs) (laughs) And and Charlie Boyd says, why are you in such a hurry?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway,
1: we have on the In Context website from last year Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of plans from Crossway. And so we'll put a link up for you to find those. And if you're listening, you can just search Bible reading plans on in context and you'll find them. Let me say this. Number one, this is a common question. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. I'm glad you asked. Number two, look at the plans on our site and look at some online plans. This is a tablet and phone world. There are innumerable reading programs that you can put on your phone or your tablet. If you're a Logos user, by the way, faith life is free for anyone to use, and they have Bible reading plans, and you can adjust it on uh, how many days you want to go through, what books you want to go through, how long you want to read it. Is it six months or a year? And you can play with that, and it will remind you when you're behind, which is always helpful, right? Third, because people struggle with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, oh man, and if they get to Leviticus, they're here with numbers, and that's like, they stop. So what I tell people is Rather than feel guilty or overwhelmed, step back and ask yourself, what do you love to study? What are you interested in reading? For example, I mentioned earlier, I had a friend that loved evolution. In fact, when I was a young junior high kid, I held to a view called theistic evolution. And for those that might not be familiar with that term, it simply means that evolution, the way Darwin explained it, was real. But theistic is that God Explains it in the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. That's not taking away from the creation account. It's just saying this is how he did it It was through evolution. Now, that's a very simpleton view of how to explain it. But nevertheless, I held to that. So when I came to Christ and I was confronted with creation, like, wait, 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 wait. I knew about theistic evolution Mm -hmm. even as a junior high kid. So I read a lot of books about creation and evolution and Christians' take on evolution. And that was probably about, I'm going to say a good two years, Hannah, before I moved to understanding creation yeah. as an act of God, making man in his image. Why am I giving you that story? Because that interested me. Right. And I was reading things as well as the Bible, putting this together. Mm-hmm. And then when I read the Genesis 1 and 2 account and Colossians 1, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1 says Christ is the one who did Genesis one and two. Yep. So what's your interest? Is it something like that? Is there a story that you are intrigued about that you know I've always wanted to know about Rahab, or I've always wanted to know about Jericho, or I've always wanted to know about Daniel Lion's Den. Read that passage. Maybe it's something more current, like marriage and family and parenting. If you got young kids at home, you're scrambling. How do I raise these boys and girls to love each other, much less God. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a book called Proverbs, mm-hmm. and you can read one proverb a day, mm-hmm. and in a month you'll have read all 31, if you have 31 days, and on the shorter days, you just pick it up. You can read a chapter in Proverbs in, what, four to five minutes? Oh, yeah. Tops? Yeah. Now, my problem is I get stuck I in the third could, verse. Well, I'm, an hour. Yeah, I'm an hour. Well, you 30. But um, now another one is, let's say uh, some theology issues. Predestination. Election. Eternal security. You've heard the phrase, once saved, always saved? Well, how do you know that? That's a good question. So what I would suggest on questions that you might have about the Bible and then to develop a reading plan would be go to something like Bible.org or Life, Or, you know, you could use Google or Quant or Safari, whatever you use for your search engine, and put in passages on family mm-hmm. in the Bible passages on parenting in the Bible. Now (laughs) let me forewarn you, you might get some bad results (laughs) and you might get some overwhelming results. It's just a place to start. Okay. That's all I'm saying. If you have something that's interesting to you and you don't know where to start, you can use any of those tools, Bible.org, Life, or even just a search engine search verses in the Bible that talk about blank and you'll find a good list and then start whittling away. Another method that would, maybe be a little different than just reading the Bible, either chronologically or the way it's sewn in our books, would be to pick up Living by the Book. And Mm -hmm. this is a resource we have pushed again and again on in context because it changed my life. We've done it with small groups over the years. It's a book and a workbook. And again, get two or three friends and do it together. That accountability can be fun. We're going to do two chapters in the workbook this week. I guess the workbook's one chapter a day. And they do a great job. Bill Hendricks helped with the workbook. And what they do is it's a blank page with questions. And it says, read this passage. First, it says, plan to spend 20 minutes or plan to spend 30 minutes on this exercise. Okay, this is what I'm going to do for 20 minutes. Then it says, read these verses, then make observations, record them here. And it walks you through a systematic way to learn how to study the Bible methodically, living by the book by Hendricks and Hendricks. The textbook that goes along with it is just a fabulous resource you can go back to again and again and again. Mine's marked up and falling apart, and it gives you tools for how to read the Bible. So, and summarily, then I would say, think of this book as the mind of God in print. Hmm. It is sufficient for all we need for a life of faith and following Jesus Christ. So why wouldn't we want to read it? Why wouldn't we want to get lost in it? Why wouldn't we want to study things that we hadn't studied before. And I would also add, and it's something I do personally, is I try to do something new each year. Maybe I'm going to study one book a month. You've done that on your podcast, yep. Hannah. You go through a book a month. I have a friend that studies a book a year. Yep. It doesn't matter. What will keep you motivated will keep you interested. And remember, you don't have to, you get to. It's not that you should, it's that you can. And you will never, ever waste time mm. with your nose in a book. Mm. So Read.
0: Can I give my Hannah Seymour answer to this question? (laughs) Absolutely. That would probably be better than... (laughs) No, no. But I get this question so much too. And our audiences are definitely different. But what I always tell women who write me asking this question is you need a plan, a place, and people. And plan is just all those examples you gave. But you need to pick something and decide this is what I'm going to do. Because we fail when we just go, oh, I want to start reading the Bible. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to crack it open today in some random place. And then there's no... You just need Mm -hmm, a plan. mm The place, meaning a place in your calendar and a physical place, it doesn't have to be exactly the same time every day. But if you have never made a habit of reading the Bible on a daily basis, and you don't say, I'm going to do this every morning at 6 a.m., on my couch, or I'm going to do it during my lunch break. I did lunch break Bible reading for wow. years as a young professional, or I know some friends that love to do it at, you know, right before going to bed, but not in their bed, you know, it's got to be you know my home office, whatever. But you've got to set a time and space and place of like, this is when I'm going to do it 90% of the time. And then people, again, if you have not made a habit of reading the Bible before, it is I mean, it's helpful. It's kind of crucial that you have even just one other person. They don't even have to be reading the same thing you're reading, but just saying, hey, I want to start doing this more. You feel the same way. Could we just check in once a week and say, hey, what are you learning this? What have you Mm -hmm, read? mm -hmm. And what has God taught you this week through that? But just you need a plan. You need a place. And you need people to help you and come alongside you.
1: I love that, Hannah. It's great. And I think the hard part for so many people is, that routine just seems daunting it seems like exercise yeah. or dieting yeah. Yeah. and i think it was luther and i'm going to somebody correct me who listens to this but i think he some young seminarian asked him about you know how he studied and what he did and i think if my memory serves he spent 4 hours in the morning in devotions wow. and he got up very early oh, yeah. like 3 or 4 in the morning yeah. and one of the students said how do you get anything done you know? yeah, And he said, I found I get more done after that than I would if I didn't. Yeah, There's no spiritual algorithm, it's if then theology. But I just think we underestimate how important it is to be centered. And I'm going to put a plug in for a text. I know, you know me, I use all the software. I love Logos. I use it every day and some days for six hours a day. But I have to do my devotions and reading in a physical book with a pen and a ruler because I'll get lost. Uh-huh. I'll click, 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 and I'll uh-huh. be off in the weeds. So maybe you can do it on your phone or on your tablet or on your notebook. I need to do it with a book in my lap. One of the things I was going to say, and you provoked me on this, was the creativity piece of it. Because when you do your reading plans, it's creative uh-huh. how you put those things out on uh-huh. Instagram and your on your uh, on your social media. Hendricks told us to get the manila folders and open them up flat and do a book of the Bible chart Hmm. on each one Hmm. and just start building them. This, of course, was in a day when computers were not yet available for individuals. And I don't know where they are, but I had every book of the Bible with the manila folder Open and I'll put Genesis and I would Mm -hmm. make observations and key events Mm -hmm. and chapter. And it's not like you're turning it in to frame it. You can scratch it out and start a new one. But for some people, that visual, like a graphic, is really helpful as they read to put it on another piece of paper and go, oh, there's creation, there's the fall, there's the flood, there's the Abrahamic covenant, there's, you know, walk through that book. And anything like that, if you're a creative person, that will get you going is, but you were in one of our small groups. We would break up the group in three rooms uh-huh. and give them an assignment. And I'd uh-huh. say, oh, okay, you have 20 minutes, make every observation you can. And then I'd make a little chart and yeah. I'd walk around the house nagging everybody. Yeah. And then we had one person present it and it was fun. People loved it. it so, fun. so anything like that, that will get you out of this sit down and read the Bible or you're a bad person.
0: Totally. And you were right. It was Martin Luther, at least the quote that is attributed to him, which, you know, sometimes those are wrong. But I'm pretty sure. And the quote is, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. Yeah. What a different perspective yeah. than we
1: have. There's a book uh, by E.M. Bounds, actually several books, but Power Through Prayer and Purpose mm-hmm. in Prayer. Mm-hmm. And he tells the story, I think it's of a guy named William Sangster who wore grooves in the hardwood floor next to his desk where he knelt so often. Wow, now I'm thinking it's really soft floors or bony knees or both. I don't know. But <laughs> wow. And then the other one was a Tozer, who kept a jumpsuit on the back of his pastor office door. And he would come in and take off his, you know, they wore vests in those days. He'd take off his suit coat and put on the jumpsuit and lay prostrate on his office floor and pray. Yeah.
0: Who is the founder of the Methodist? John Wesley. John Wesley. I'm pretty sure it was John Wesley's mom. I think he was like one of 12 kids. Yep. And he has a story about her that she wore, I think she just always had an apron on, you know, just that era and cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. And she would flip her apron over her head <laughs> to pray. And that's how her children <laughs> knew, like if they looked they over, and, and mom, mom's mom got her apron over her head and she's praying. And that was, I mean, I he it. just said all the time I would look over and I knew my mom was talking with the Lord at that moment. And wow. I love that image because I think about how, you know, as a mom of two little boys and crazy. I mean, I can't even imagine 12. But I just, think
1: you should try that with your two well, boys. I thought mom has an apron on her head, you have to be quiet. A dish, and, just grabbing yeah, the dish yeah, towel from she's, the She's, she's talking hand to hand God. Hand. You better watch out.
0: If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694. Or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain. And you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.